0: Welcome back to another episode of Bias Check-in. Hey everyone, welcome back. So we are really excited for this episode, or mm-hmm. at least I am, because we get to interview a
1: close friend of yours.
0: I was about to say childhood friend, and then I'm like, mm, high school, high school friend. <laughs> um, this week we are checking in with Hala Abu Hassan. Mm-hmm. She's, um, as we've mentioned, a friend. From my years in Norway. Mm -hmm. She's been an international student in the United States as well before going back to her home country, the Kingdom of Jordan. Mm -hmm. If you don't know where that is, look it up on a map. (laughs) And yeah, we're gonna chit chat about a lot of our common experiences, where that brought her now, Mm -hmm. and we are going to talk about it in the terms of acculturation, Uh, integration assimilation all the different ways that someone can interact with other cultures Mm -hmm. whether that's your work culture or your nationality culture Mm
1: -hmm.
0: aside from gaining a friend
1: in this interview I'm also excited because Hala works at one of the top five consulting companies
0: worldwide so Susie mm
1: -hmm.
0: for those of that don't know or don't have an IO background. Let's check in. Let's check in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How would you define culture? Well, not me, the
1: APA <laughs> dictionary. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, the characteristic characteristics, attitudes and behaviors of a particular group within society. Okay,
0: so if we're looking at it that way, it could be something shared by groups such as a profession, Mm -hmm. so... uh, The culture
1: of of KPMG.
0: uh, And of the specific team, as Mm -hmm. we're going to hear. Um, An age group. Mm -hmm. Senior citizens. Hala is actually younger than I am, but I will take that ages comment in stride. Thank you very much. Um, I'll meet you on the other side of 25, then we're (laughs) going to talk. Or... um, in terms of have you been an international student, Mm -hmm. do you study in a US college, Mm -hmm. all of that. So when we talk about different cultures and integration or assimilation, the Mm -hmm. two words get to be used interchangeably Mm -hmm. very often in just common talk. Technically there is a difference though. If we're splitting hairs, and that's a habit that both of us definitely (laughs) have on this podcast, What do we mean by the differences between assimilation and culturation?
1: Okay, so acculturation is when the minority group changes its behaviors, but still retains some unique cultural markers. So the host culture is also changed, but it adapts aspects of the minority. Mm -hmm. Then assimilation, it's just when the minority adapts to the host culture.
0: And completely conforms, and I'm trying to find a word that is not charged negative, but okay. renounces, like <laughs> denies, like completely cancels mm-hmm. the, their original norms and mm-hmm. regulations and completely jumps in to the new culture. Mm-hmm.
1: And then integration is, is the big fancy what we should strive for. Where it's 50 50. You will adapt to where you are at, but you will also retain a lot
0: of where you came from. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the host culture mm-hmm. also takes beneficial traits from the minority group. The minority one. group, yeah. So, an example, a silly example, since it's still the most recent and fresh uh, from previous episodes. Before there was a significant Irish immigration to the United States Mm -hmm. the United States did not celebrate or care for St. Patrick's Mm -hmm. Um, That is an example of of. integration (laughs) (laughs) So uh, As you listen through our interview with Hala look out for These concepts that we just worked through acculturation assimilation, integration and then in culture shock Um, So we've talked about this definitely in other episodes Um, if you need a refresher go back to international students 101 and the imposter syndrome episode Mm -hmm. Um, but we also talk about reverse culture shock Mm -hmm. which is what happens when after being immersed in a host culture you come back to your native one Mm -hmm. and you have to relearn norms and behaviors, um, after adapting and assimilating somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Hello, welcome on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. (laughs) Can you explain for us what do you do?
2: Okay. So, um, I am currently a deal advisory consultant at KPMG Jordan, which means that I basically deal with market assessments, Uh, feasibility studies, valuations, and financial due diligence um, engagements for different clients within different sectors. Uh, For the time being, we don't work on the industry per se. We only consult for clients. So whatever they uh, come to us with, Let's say a client X wants to merge or they want to acquire client uh, Y, they might require us to do uh, financial due diligence for company Y, or they might actually ask us to do a valuation and an FTD. So basically my job is having fun with math and finance on Excel and then making really colorful reports on Microsoft PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful.
0: Uh, I love how many jobs are just like, I look at Excel yes. and based on what I see in Excel, I, people make decisions. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: No, absolutely. you take the Excel, you make it into a PowerPoint and then people make
0: decisions. We are basically the tarot readers of, of the 2020s.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, our clients do not pay close attention to the model per se, because um, as for me, I have too many sheets in a workbook and they would just rather have, you know, like a colorful report to tell them whether they should invest or not. And I'm like, mm-hmm. good for you. Yeah.
0: Just, just give me the bottom line up first. You did all the numbers, so I don't have to look at them ever again. Exactly. Yeah. So you get
1: paid for all of that work. So <laughs> when, when, for everyone,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. And we mentioned this uh, before. So you say you work for KPMG Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you're from but currently you're talking to us from...
2: I'm talking to you from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, yes. Um, I am working with a client uh, in the kingdom and uh, we're working on investment opportunities for the specific clients within, uh, let's say the MENA region, specifically in the KSA. So if we're looking at foreign direct investment, if we're looking at local investment, we're just doing feasibilities for them in regards to like different industries i apologize for not being able to let's say enunciate or explain more but signed an nda so i can't say much (laughs) yeah you're you're in management consulting so i would i would understand that you know like all these big finance vocab would be like not for me
0: (laughs) no my mba was definitely not focused on the finance side so i'm happy for you big boss lady with the big excels of financial numbers but
1: (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much in contrast to that, my mom works in M and A for City, so it's all just like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, this mm-hmm. sounds familiar.
0: Okay, <laughs> yeah. See, at least half of us knows what's going on in this conversation. <laughs> it's like a Sunday lunch. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so what is it like? Um, can you walk us through consulting internationally right now during the pandemic?
2: Okay, so for us, at least in the deal advisory team uh, within KPMG Jordan, um, we have we have had constant uh, engagements that were coming through, but most of these engagements are from recurring uh, clients. So we didn't have new clients that wanted us to, let's say, do whatever kind of service that we offer in our portfolio uh, due to budget restraints on their behalf. Um, most of the clients that I actually worked on were in Saudi Arabia, because some of them are on monthly, we're on monthly retain on their, let's Mm -hmm. say, uh, financial statements. So we just do anything related to consulting throughout the period. Uh, Most of the projects were actually were placed on hold during the period because as a part of, let's say, the feasibility studies, um, we do market assessments. So we look at How the market is performing, how the demand and supply of individuals is um, currently at what level it is right now in the market and due to covid and most of the lockdowns that have happened in the middle east a lot of the countries actually started doing lockdowns earlier on during the day for example in jordan right now they return to uh let's say a lockdown starting at 7 p.m until 6 a.m and also we have a total lockdown on fridays so most of let's say the businesses have suffered during uh this time period um given that many of our clients have decided to, let's say, skip on the services that would require um, opening a new, uh, let's say, a new service line or starting a new project. So most of our work would be mainly theoretical because it's been placed on hold. But most of the other part of the work, which I have explained already, in Saudi Arabia, at least, um, they are thinking a lot about merging and acquiring other companies. So for the most part, we worked, but the work was much less than we had before.
1: Pandemic work, what else can we say about it? Okay, so you two met in Norway. Tell us more about your life after that, what was college like, um, and then going back to
0: Jordan. Uh, yeah, 2010, and then...
2: we're, going, we're going on 10 years right now, wow. I know we don't feel old, but like time just keeps rolling and it's awesome. Like I still remember things from 2010 and it's it's just like yesterday, which is amazing. And like, you're my friend, Bambina, of course.
0: No, but I was going to say, so we did. We were in Norway for two years, then college in the U.S. and then contrary to the narrative of everyone comes to the U.S. and just wants to stick around forever and live the American dream.
2: You were perfectly bilingual. Yeah, I think you know that as an international student, it's very difficult to acquire, uh, let's say, a work visa or even get the whole OPT spiel happening or going on within the time that you needed to Um, also i decided to change my mind and bambina you know that i studied um, risk management in jordan so in a sense i did two bachelor's degrees so i returned home and studied something completely different just because i wanted to get into the medical sector from let's say a financial or an economic point of view like i said, we just Gaining a friendship here. I also at some point wanted
1: to go into the medical field, but through like econ and finance. So that's really funny. Uh, but you actually went like more of the pre-med route, right?
2: Yeah, in a sense, pre-med back at Bennington College in Vermont, um, or at Bennington, uh, you basically plan your own education. So you decide to study what you want to study. It was a really confusing thing to me until this <laughs> very day. I don't understand what I did. Um, And then I returned home, I took a gap semester. Uh, One of the major things that made me return to Jordan was the concept of me being in a compromising mental health uh, position and not having the support that I wanted in the States. Um, I faced multiple problems uh, from administration and some of the faculty. There was some sort of, you know, like a very charged atmosphere between us. Um, I had issues with a lot of uh, professors, actually two or three um, where confidentiality between the professor and the student was not taken into consideration. Uh, I was failed a course because one of the professors talked about an issue that I had in one of her courses with another professor. So both of them failed me for some unknown goddamn reason. And I'm like, cool, good for you. I took medical leave, went home and then returned and then did my thing. And then I was like, you know what, toodles. Um, I went home and I studied something that I did not like, Mm but... um, I ended up liking it. I ended up loving it because it had math and I was, I fell in love with math when we started IB. I hated math before. I have no idea. I think like, thank you, Paulina. She made me like math, which is amazing. Love numbers. Now I'm actually working with them for a living. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um So I decided to do something that I didn't like because, you know, I heard from, or she told me in my face, she's like, you can, want to do something that you love but you might not actually be good at it and then i ended Mm -hmm. up doing this management didn't like it loved it did great at it and then i actually wrote in my thesis this is dedicated to xyz for not believing in me but thank you very much also i dedicated it to my cat but like no one cared which is like my uh my advisor for my thesis. i'm the president of suzu's fan club oh absolutely yeah my my thesis advisor was like you actually wrote Susu. Who's Susu? Like, my cat. I wrote my cat, Susu. And he's like, yeah, we're not publishing this. I ended up publishing (laughs) it. Yes. So um, I ended up, you know, like, going back home, studying something. I got a lot of help in a country where uh, mental health is still, um, let's say mental health awareness is still on the rise because it's considered Mm -hmm. a taboo in Jordan when, if you have mental health and you're very vocal about it. I honestly, did not care about other people's opinions. Uh, both my parents are doctors, just like Claudia knows. Um, mm-hmm. They gave me the support that I needed. I decided to stay home, make something out of myself. And then if I wanted to go abroad, I would go abroad later on. What I'm planning right now is to get the experience under my belt, go abroad, get a PhD, start teaching and then come back home and you know get things rolling and try to fix the country because if i want to make a socialist economy happen i can't do it with only a bachelor's degree of course no
0: it's all in a good day's work what's your plan for next
2: week (laughs) (laughs) so yeah um it never appeared it never appealed to me to actually return to the states uh my brother is currently uh in milwaukee wisconsin he's been there since 2014 so i Mm -hmm. practically like moved back home in 2016 he moved there in 2014 so we switched places um (laughs) Yeah, Uh, my sister's in Canada, so we're very used to being abroad and living in different places. So that was never an issue for me to, let's say, feel very homesick to the point where I wanted to go back to Jordan. I just decided to take a break, do something different, get back home. Um, It took me a very long time to get used to being home because um, ever since I was 16, I was out of the country on my own doing my thing, you know slaying as they say Um, (laughs) (laughs) and then I decided to come back to Jordan I didn't have the same independence that I had abroad Um, it's a very let's say familial oriented society so the whole uh, traditions and um, the concept of a female wanting to be excessively independent without being married in this society is frowned upon So I just did my thing Mm -hmm. on the down low. I lived my life. I became more of an introvert, which I appreciate. And then, you know, like days kept coming by. I finished my second bachelor's in three years. Uh, I was the top of my class. Yay. Why am Um, I not surprised? How did you get to
1: KPMG after your second
2: bachelor's? Uh, Coincidence that I actually interned in Deal Advisory. I started my internship at... Uh, KPMG in March of 2013, which was about a month after I graduated, or let's say finished uh, my college requirements for risk management. Um, Mm -hmm. I interned there as uh, an intern for risk consulting, which primarily is risk management and what I do. But I never actually liked the theory of risk management. I did not know what they did in real life. I thought it was you know you could just do the financial risk management or the theoretical risk management turns out they did the theoretical part and then by coincidence one of the managers her name is she's currently working at kpmg london um she caught me one of the days and she asked me what i did what i studied uh, what my focus is in college and i told her about you know all the financial things i kept uh, affirming to you know like math, 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 finance, finance, numbers. (laughs) Um, And she said she would give it a look. And I started with her as, let's say, a proofreader, which is amazing because I loved reading. Um, And then I continued with them uh, from end of March until uh, mid-June because you can't intern for more than three months unless it's a paid internship that's under the Jordanian uh, labor law. And then I took a month. And then went abroad and visited my sister. Uh, turns out they wanted to hire me. So, upon returning Yay. to Jordan, they had an interview with me, but the only available position was in risk consulting. And, mm-hmm. me being my stubborn Capricorn self, um, I decided to go ahead and uh, work for the risk consulting team. And when they opened a the position with the deal advisory team, I gave them my deuces and i was like bye y'all i'm going to, the deal- <laughs> to deal advisory in december of 2019 and i have been with them ever since good yeah love that
1: story of like making it work for you like this is not where i want to end but i'll take it for now i'll still like give my little two cents here and then. And then when half a position did open up, we were like, yes, my turn yeah. to shine.
2: <laughs> exactly, that's what my director actually told me. When when we have, we have our, um, let's say, half year and year end uh, valuations, and um, I didn't do the half year because it was a month after I joined. Um, mm-hmm. So the year end performance review, uh, we were just talking and chatting about things. And of course he told me that, you know, Hala, you write too much. Can you please just summarize what you told me about what you do? And I'm like, I'm sorry. And he's like, that's why your reports take too long for me to read. Just be concise. Don't write academic, write business. And I'm like, Roger that. I'll work on it. Um, He started talking about how, you know, I was adamant on, you know, getting back to um, deal advisory because I kept checking with him. And then, you know, I gave up by after a month of, you know me joining i didn't want to be that person who joins a job and be like no i want to move somewhere else so you mm-hmm. know took it with a grain of salt i enjoyed working with risk consulting um it was very different actually different than what i expected uh mm-hmm. the team would be doing and uh during the evaluation he he told me that you work hard you're too hard on yourself you expect excessive or let's say you expect Perfect quality, but you need to you need to compromise, and you compromised by joining risk consulting and then moving to deal advisory. So maybe you can do that with your job. <laughs> you have
1: experience that sounds now.
0: Sounds like a really good manager. Definitely yeah. someone yeah, who paid attention that. to your development. Okay, and I also wanted to roll back to something you mentioned that I really appreciated you sharing. It's like you were not getting the support you wanted when you were in the US um, and calling people out for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think a lot of times we work so hard to get to the US, to get to that scholarship, to get to that job, to get to that company, that it's easy to fall into the mentality of I wanted this so bad that now I don't get to complain or now I just got to take what it is maybe this is just what this is supposed to feel like and you explain it so naturally just like no I'm not supposed to take this crap and there yes. is an alternative and I will find an alternative to this because oh, I am not absolutely, taking your crap
2: absolutely. yeah yeah <laughs> um I I actually felt that I was in a sense suffocated within my own surroundings. Uh, I had a very amazing support system through my uh, uh, housemates. They were fantastic. They have been with me throughout the whole thing. I am not going to disregard their presence in my life. Mm -hmm. They've been fantastic. Shout out to Dewey House, (laughs) the best house on campus. Um, uh, But at the same time, it was mostly the administration and those who were not students that Mm -hmm. would hinder my position in the place um a lot of them just you know considered me being an international dressing like i ride horses for a living love me a good blazer like smart casual that's my thing (laughs) um uh, but um they consider the fact that you came from abroad that you know everything that you have every uh, every point laid out in front of you Um, they consider that you being an international and coming here that you're privileged to be a part of uh, let's say campus or you're privileged to take part in uh, whatever is going on uh, whether it's educational recreational etc but they don't Consider the fact that you're actually, you might be suffering more than other people are. Um, mm-hmm. You might be coming here on a scholarship. Thankfully, I had one. My parents paid a part of it, which I'm very grateful for. Um, you come to college with the expectation that, you know, you came here, you did your part, you might get some support in return. Some of it exists, but at the same time, you're looked at as, uh, you know, an individual that is not familiar to the surroundings. Um, you need to adhere to whatever is going on. Uh, a lot of internationals, and unfortunately, I will have to uh, elaborate on that, they changed themselves so much in order to cope with what's what was going on in campus, they wanted to fit in. Um, I did fit in with my group of friends. Uh, I, Bambina knows that I'm a social butterfly, but I have a close net of friends. I talk Mm -hmm. to everyone, but I do not let everyone uh, close. Um, Mm -hmm. That was something that I had to, in a sense, struggle with on campus in the sense that when you talk about your problems, people tend to disregard them. They tend to say, oh, but other people have it worse, blah, blah, blah. But do not diminish my fear of going somewhere. Uh, do mm-hmm. not diminish my fear of, you know, not being taken seriously because I am a foreigner on this campus. Also, the fact that I, let's say I'm not a practicing Muslim, I am a Muslim on paper. Um, there were a lot of xenophobic comments about that mm-hmm. um, from faculty.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Students, pardon my French, uh, I might say something, but students did not give two shits about me being from whatever country and whatnot, a lot of people didn't know where Jordan was, which was fantastic because, you know, I faced that (laughs) earlier on during my uh, education. Uh, But the fact that a lot of uh, faculty, they were not very open to the fact that, you know, you have this outspoken 18 to 22-year-old student uh, that wants to learn, but, you know, she's not Shaped in the sense that you want the student to be, um, mm-hmm. so you would completely look at the attitude, and you know you frown upon it. Um, again, and not having the that...
0: mold of what they expected. Absolutely. An international yes. student, a female international student from a Muslim country, to
2: in be in a act sense, like... yes. Yes. Also, the fact that you know me being foreign and all that, even with the tiniest mistake. I am looked at like I have, you know, done a major taboo, like everyone makes mistakes. Why would you? And again, uh, pardon my French. Why would you be fine with a white boy or a white girl doing the same mistake? Whereas I am looked at with a magnifying lens. Um, From that point on, I was calculating my uh, steps. I wanted to, you know, get out of there. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then it just like, it was a domino effect that everything fell Mm -hmm. apart. And then I decided to go home. Uh, I interned with uh, UNICEF during the semester that I took off. It was very eye-opening and it made me realize that I'm international. I have seen more things than people in America have um, regardless of where they're from. Considering the fact that most of them were born and raised in the society um they're not actually Mm -hmm. exposed to the problems of the world and uh afterwards i decided to you know i'll be done with bennington i'll come back home i decided to drop medicine because during my internship i uh shadowed a pediatrician and Mm -hmm. i decided that it's it's too much for me and at the same time i would not be given the patient the attention that they need I Mm -hmm. turns out I didn't really like dealing with people, (laughs) and so I I just stuck with the knowledge that I would get from reading, and I uh, went and signed up for risk management. And you know, I'm here after after all that, you know, long three year trip. Uh, I'm here counting dollar dollar bills.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Make it work for you. Thank you I for love being the, so candid and open yeah, about your yeah. situation. I assume a lot of people will resonate with that.
0: Absolutely. And it definitely highlights how whether you're an international student, first generation, legacy, your skin can be green, purple, like any shade you want, like it just, shows how much having a figure that can be in your corner or non-supportive, like an authority figure, like a faculty admin, just how freaking much that can make or break your experience. absolutely. Or in your case, your housemates or roommates, resident assistants, who have you just like coming in, like what does your support system look like and are they actually supporting you? Yeah, absolutely,
2: absolutely, yeah. And surprisingly, a lot of my friends, or let's say, I would I would love to give a shout-out to my uh, roommate, Lindsay Sadlou. Um, she is um, half-Iranian. Her father is Iranian. And um, she was one of the most amazing people that I have had the privilege of getting to know and living with um, amazing to see that other people of color, um, people who might be first, second generation, uh, um, you know, Americans don't always actually have it great, but they have gotten, you know, used to the fact that they might be looked at differently, that mm-hmm. they learned how to not cope with it, but they learned how to like, you know, beat back the punches Mm -hmm. and um you know going there it was completely different from the bubble that we stayed in uh for the two years in norway um you get different experiences you get different people that you interact with um not everyone is all nice and cute and they would come over for you know uh, midnight snack and whatnot so um having a support system of either a roommate and then all my other friends, um, different people, different religions, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, um, they pointed out that, you know, you being different is not completely, you know, it's not the end of the world, man, it's fantastic, you're great, we've never had someone (laughs) from Jordan, many of them didn't know where Jordan was, again, as I mentioned earlier, and then um, they realized that I was facing problems, and they decided to actually go up against the oppressor, in a sense, and Mm -hmm. uh, doing their own thing step by step, Um, having more people who were international became an eye opener for those on campus who were completely oblivious to what was going on. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they kept it inside, they were not open about it um i'm a blabbermouth so i always talk and then people heard bits and pieces here and there so um, i'm not saying that i started a movement but um you know okay. like a shitty situation a shitty situation um made people realize that it's not all dandy and flowers up in this
0: absolutely and also mm-hmm. as susie was saying like it's it's both a silver lining and a sad thing but like also that our experiences even the most negative ones are not unique mm-hmm. so if i were to be say another international student at your school at the same time and maybe i didn't want to share those experiences your sharing those at the very least showed me like okay there's nothing wrong with me it's, it's just the system. this system is not built to support, to support me. me to accommodate me to understand me that is so hard but so true Okay, so to finish this interview... This is your minute. Anything that we didn't cover that you want to put on the record?
2: Well, first off, um, I'm not going to say it because, you know, I'm uh, a friend of uh, you guys. Now we're friends, Susie. Um, (laughs) Or that, you know, I listen to your podcast. I think it's very great that there is a different, you know, type of podcast that sheds a light on... Uh, different issues, different um, topics that would be of interest to uh, international students or let's say students in uh, general throughout um, uh, throughout their experience in uh, the U.S., whether it's like undergrad or grad. So because you delve into different topics, and it's amazing and so refreshing uh, to listen to the uh, different perspectives and point of views and um, stories of multiple people. Um, just fab um <laughs> something Ella's that more. we did not keep going. yeah stay in touch with your friends man um bambina claudia superstar um glad that we had uh technology to bring us back together and um it's always fantastic to share experiences uh positive negative neutral anything just talk keep talking it's therapeutic Ah,
0: shukran habibi Which also is still as far as my language skills go.
2: Uh (laughs) Fantastic. You've done great. 10 years in the making, still acing it.
0: (laughs) Thank you for all the praise. We will take it. Thank you.
1: (laughs) I agree. We're friends now. We'll see you at Claudia's wedding. I'm definitely feeling teamed up on Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. We're going (laughs) to have a lot of fun. I already told her. Thank All you right. for being so open. Thank you for being so candid. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for being on the podcast today.
2: Thank, Thank you, you for having me. It's honestly been a great pleasure. And congrats on
0: your amazing big career in finance that I mm-hmm. will keep cheering for from the stands and not completely understand, even though you will explain <laughs> to me again. You can ask me to actually... translate. In then. Okay.
1: Thank you then. for listening in.
0: And... You know, if you want to make more friends, keep listening to us and keep interacting with us. This is the spiel about social media. Yes, you saw that coming. We are on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Talk to us. Send us a voice message on Anchor. If you're feeling very lucky with your tax returns, consider supporting us. We can now take donations on Anchor. And we would really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And let's check in next week.
1: Bye, y'all. Thank you.